Herzlich willkommen to the Syncopated Sisters. This podcast will celebrate and highlight the women who were active in the creation and development of blues and jazz. You will hear about female musicians, composers, bandleaders and more. There will also be interviews with female artists from the jazz and swing scenes of today. I'm Nina Thaler from Berlin, host and creator of the series. Enjoy listening. Today I have invited a very special guest again, Zoe Soleil, a singer, moderator, presenter, city guide, podcaster and activist, and actually much, much more. So one of these multi-talented people. And she is from Berlin. Yes, she's a real Berliner, just like me. You should check out her website, zoezoleil.de. For the exact spelling, look at the notes. Her slogan is Meine Stimme, Dein Erlebnis. My voice, your experience. In the net you can find a quote that her vision is equality and visibility of women in the music industry. And with that, she has created the platform Her Music World, which also includes a podcast. For links and the exact spelling, you can look at the notes again. Quite some people have asked me if I know Zoe, when they heard about the Syncopated Sisters podcast and the residency. I knew who she was, but we actually haven't really met. So finally, we have met in Berlin not too long ago, on the dance floor and on stage. And I am very happy about this opportunity to have her in this podcast today, because it is about time that we get to know each other a little bit better. And here we go with the first exception. Today we are not talking about one of these musicians having been active in the 1920s or 30s in the jazz world. No, we will step into the here and now and we'll be talking about a contemporary musician. This exception has to be made because the musician presented in this episode is Cécile McLaurin Salvant, an exceptional vocalist born in 1989 in the United States of America. The famous Wynton Marsalis has said about her in an article, you get a singer like this once in a generation or two. She has won numerous awards already and has released seven albums, the latest one just this year. So once again, hello Zoe, I'm very happy that you are here today. Hello Nina, I'm very happy to be here myself. As a kind of introduction for the woman we are, will be talking about today, can you give us a short sum up why Cécile McLaurin Salvant caught your attention or what she stands for for you? I know that this is very hard <laughs> to sum up somebody uh, in just a few sentences, but maybe can you give it a go? Well, yes, I'm giving it a try. Honestly, I only came to listen to her only about two years ago during my jazz vocal studies for my duo. At that time, I was focusing on learning the sketch solo of the song How High the Moon, performed live by Ella Fitzgerald in Berlin in the year 1960. 
And so, of course, Spotify's algorithm picked that song up and me listening to the contemporary UK jazz playlist as well. Eventually, it played the song Visions from her album The Window, and I was hooked instantly. Um, by the colors and the range of her voice, how she can use it like an instrument, which I have always aspired to do myself. And I just love the lyrics and how she can tell the story with her voice. I can literally hear the emotions without her losing control of her voice or it even being over-exaggerated, which is so freaking difficult to do in my point of view. Mm. And then I listened to her other albums and fell in love by the daring variety of compositions. And, you know, that for me personally is jazz. The freedom to play with music, mixing it together and then birthing something new within the jazz guidelines, so to say. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know, it's not six sentences, <laughs> yeah, but... I know, it's still okay. It's hard to describe her in six sentences. <laughs> I know, but if I would have said 10, you would have gone for 20, so that's why. <laughs> so if um, we move on, mm -hmm. just to, to, to frame her life a little bit, could you give uh, us a little bit of information about her life? Where did she grow up, her family, her education? Yes, I'm, I'm going to try, uh, since she is a living contemporary musician and mm -hmm. artist. There's obviously no autobiography about her yet. And um, so every information that I have uh, is from her website or famous Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And so no guarantee that some stuff is maybe wrong. But as you mentioned earlier in the introduction, she is born in the year 1989, raised in Miami, Florida, of a French mother, Uh, who is a founder and president of a French immersion school in Miami and a Haitian father who is a doctor. And she started classical piano studies at five, sang in a children's choir at eight and started classical voice lessons as a teenager with private instructors. Later with Edward Walker, whom I don't know, <laughs> but sorry, um, uh, who is a vocal teacher at the University of Miami, Florida. She said in 2015... I was lucky enough to grow up in a house where we listened to all kinds of music. We listened to Haitian, hip-hop, soul, classical jazz, gospel and Cuban music, to name a few. When you have access to that as a child, it just opens up your world. And I think that quote from herself is crucial uh, to understand how she sings and why she does the music she does. So that's mm -hmm. why I put that quote in here to explain that. Um, including her bio, because yep. I think that's very important. Um, she eventually moved to Aix. Oh, that is a there is a really funny name. I don't know how to really pronounce it. Aix en Provence mm -hmm. <laughs> in uh, France in 2007, and she studied law as well as classical and baroque voice at the Darius Millot uh, Conservatory and received a bachelor's in French law from the University Pierre-Mandé France in Grenoble. Also, there she sang with her first band and began to transition into jazz, studying composition and music theory at the new school. Um, and then I could go on, I don't know if that's really important, but she has meanwhile numerous awards. Uh, do we want to name a few? What do you think, Nina? Uh, we can. I know that she won a couple of Grammys. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, if if you can name, I mean, Grannies or, or awards are not the most important thing mm -hmm. in a lifetime of a musician, but um, well, I guess there's some also very important awards and musicians that she worked together with. Um, I guess in the jazz world, she was, for example, the winner for the first prize in the Thelonious Monk International Jazz Competition mm. in 2010, releasing her first album, Cecile, shortly thereafter. And her second album, Woman Child, was released in 2013 on Mac Avenue Records, receiving, as we mentioned earlier, um, a 2014 Grammy Award nomination for Best Jazz Vocal Album. She won four categories in the 2014 Downbeat Critics Poll. Um, and she is also always named the Rising Star Female Vocalist. Her third album for One to Love was released on September 5th in 2015 to critical acclaim from the New York Times, The Guardian and Los Angeles Times. And it won her a Grammy Award for Best Jazz Vocal Album in 2016. And then she released a few other uh, albums. And she has also toured with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, which is in that regard important because you, I think you mentioned before a quote from... Um, Marsalis. Yeah, Marsalis. Yeah. And he's basically in that Lincoln or leads that um, mm. orchestra. So that's important to know about her career, I think, because that has a big influence, I think, on her musicality as well, yeah. because she has toured with them. Mm. And important to note. Uh, yes. And now in January 2023... Uh, there's an announcement that she is releasing a new album. It's uh, going to be released in March 24th, uh, on the March 24th, 2023. Oh, that is wrong. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, looking forward to the new album. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be released this year yes. in March. And um, um, we have the pleasure to already listen to one of the songs, which I'm going to talk about later. Okay. in the interview because I think it's really great it's a it's a very surprising um song and mm -hmm. album yeah. okay okay so I would like to go a little bit into the detail of her music mm -hmm. because um I think that you and me as being singers ourselves share the passion of her singing mm -hmm. and um for me, she definitely caught my attention because of the unique tone of her voice and uh, of a very, like you said, colorful, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say also playful phrasing mm -hmm. that she uses. And I really love to listen to her. Um, and I could actually do it for hours. And I love to listen to her details. And when she goes to the low, from the low to the high. Yeah, and I um, hear you. I can definitely do this for hours and get dazed away. Yeah. Um, so, um, and and I think when I listen to her, I can really hear that she's not trained just as a jazz vocal musician, mm -hmm. but I can hear a lot, like you mentioned these influences that she had. I couldn't really name them like this is her sole influence, but I can definitely hear that she is not following a jazzy kind of track or totally. trail. 
And sometimes I have the impression I'm listening to an opera when I yeah. listen to her. And this is, this is why she caught my attention from the contemporary singers, which I don't really listen to a lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm very much into the old ladies. <laughs> but she caught my attention. And so um, uh, can you tell me why do you love her voice, her music, or simply... What do you hear when you are listening to her voice? You know, uh, I thought about that question for a while and I have to combine it with quotes because when I read some of those quotes, which I'm going to um, tell you in a bit, I was like, yes, yes, that's exactly how I thought, <laughs> how I would describe her music, but I would never be able to form it in those words. And uh, so that's why I have to do a combination, but I'm more than willing to share what I feel and mm -hmm. think about it. So, um, yeah, so there's going to be uh, those dual parts on that. Um, so I would like to share some with you. Of course, um, her 2022 album Ghost Song, for example, was uh, consistently high praised. Stylistically, exceedingly multi-layered, it already spans the first two tracks from Gregorian-like chant to the Gaelic Saint-Nord chant tradition to pop music in the guise of Kate Bush's Withering Heights, followed by a free jazz skiffle that seeks seamlessly into a Gregory Porter ballad. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I read that, I'm like, uh-huh, exactly. I mean, you only understand half of the words, but it's like, wow. Okay. Um, B8 Samson wrote, alone or framed by banjo, church organ, theobo and flute, and the jazz classical piano trio, she finds her own specific expression for each song. In the end, however, everything is as if from one cast, and this cast shines as beautifully as the next Grammy that Cecile McLaurin Savon could get for this little masterpiece. Matthias Jordan finds perhaps the greatest influence, however, is her love of musicals. Not only does she cover pieces from The Wizard of Oz and The Three Penny Opera, but Savon sings the other songs as if, as if she were standing on a stage in costume, wanting not only to convey emotions, but to tell a story and underpinning them with an inner dramaturgy. That's nice. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, I couldn't have um, said it better. Um, then there's uh, another guy, John Fordham, wrote in The Guardian, she brings ideas from unexpected angles to the familiar art of standards singing, and she applies mischievous intelligence to well-worn lyrics in ways that transforms them. And it's so true in so many ways. Um, funny enough. Now, I have to say that because we're talking about women. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, in an interview, she talks about her visual art because she's also... Oh, I forgot to tell that at the beginning, but I have to mention it. She's also a visual artist. She's not only a singer and a composer, but uh, she does visual art. Uh, she paints and does this folkloric thing with... Uh, oh, God, I forgot what it's called. It's... You have this fabric. You have that hanging on your wall, Nina. <laughs> We're looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at it right now. Not a piece from uh, Cecile. Uh, it's but not knitting, no, no. Uh, stitching. How yes, called? it's stitching. Stitching, yeah. So she, she puts some of her art pieces into stitching and hangs them on the wall. And she also does some of her videos 
uh, drawing uh, the video. And anyway, so in that interview, she talks about her visual art as a form of therapy for her. She describes her art pieces as pure, playful fantasies of a dream world and that she would love for her music to resemble that a little bit more. And when I heard her say that, I was like, what? I mean, isn't that interesting that she would like her music to be even more playful and dreamy and whatsoever, but we as a listener, I mean, you've said it yourself, Nina, mm. that sometimes when you listen to her album and her music, you get drawn away. Yeah. And so could it, could it be even more playful and <laughs> dreamy? I mean, obviously, if she says so, <laughs> I believe her that she could. <laughs> But uh, it's pretty playful for me already. Yeah, and dreamy worlds and uh, even the lyrics take you away if she wrote it um, herself, you know, and they're not standards that she's singing and so on. And uh, coming back to what I really like about her, there's something, I guess, funny in a way that I thought of. There's this concept out there of having soul animals, Do you know that concept? Of course, yes. Okay. Well, I'm a little bit embarrassed, but if I applied this concept to female musicians, then Cecile would be my sole animal. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to underline my feeling with a quote from her. Yeah. My ideal of singing is a ballet of the voice. It feels like I'm telling the audience a secret about my feelings and maybe about the feelings that people feel when they listen. I think that's the magic, when the spark jumps over to the audience when I sing. Hmm. And I believe that she has mastered exactly that. And she speaks from my heart because that is ultimately what I, as a singer, have always tried to accomplish when performing myself. It's this, exactly what she talks about, the spark When people ask me, why, why are you not going on stage? Or why do we, we don't see you? It's like, because I never saw myself as a performer to just for the performance sake. I don't enjoy being in the spotlight for being this grand singer on stage. For me, I always take on stage a dramaturgy, just like Cecile does. Mm. And I love this moment when the air in the room and the audience is so thick that you can cut it and that you feel like when you breathe, to you take a breath to start a new phrase in the song and you have the feeling as if emotionally the whole room takes that breath with you. And then I think this is a great concert. Like when everybody is just like crying with you or laughing with you with that song. And so that's why I think Cecile is like my soul animal. Mm. I love that. <laughs> And anyways, um, I have on top, I think I want to share, because I love to laugh, but I have this a little bit of cute little fan story with her. Uh, on the 5th of September, she gave a concert during the Lausitz Festival at this former industrial coal briquette factory in Domsdorf. That was in 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was announced that she will be accompanied by the pianist Sullivan Fortner. I highly recommend this pianist. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a guy, but he is just such a great pianist. Anyway, so my duo partner, Michel, and me, we were like, 
they're performing in the freaking uh, Lausitz at the end of the world. We need to go. So we bought the tickets. And then all of a sudden, I didn't dare to, to say it, but Michel came to me and he said to me, hey, do you think we should dare to write them an email and ask them for a masterclass, like for a private lesson? Mm. And I was like, mm. you know, I didn't want to say it, but... I thought the exact same stuff. Hey, let's do that. So we actually did that. I wrote, I don't know, her booking agent. I wrote on towards the email on her website. I wrote on all the social media uh, accounts that she had, like private DMs and so on. Sadly enough, I never got an answer. <laughs> well, really, indeed, is very sad. <laughs> I was hoping I, for the end of the story. <laughs> I never got an answer. I guess it's just a different league. I mean, it's just us asking for a private class. And um, I would have loved to learn from her. I was looking whether she's giving master classes. Unfortunately, she's, unfortunately, she's not, have not heard of that. But I would love to learn from her mm. art. And um, yeah, so that's unfortunately... Um, the end of the story, and it, it didn't even end. Funny enough, Michel was sick. He couldn't go to the concert. I went alone to the concert. And on top, um, they made a mistake in the program, and it wasn't Sullivan Fortner, but the pianist Dan Tepfer, who accompanied her. So everything changed. <laughs> but nevertheless, I enjoyed the concert because it was a small audience in the middle of nowhere at an old factory with a fancy light show and fantastic sound. So, mm. yeah. yeah. But um, I think even though if she's not giving you a masterclass, I, I guess that she's already teaching you because you are listening to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think when I listen to her, I, it's not like I'm cop I want to copy what she's doing, but I, I get inspired just because yeah. of what she does. Yeah. And this inspiration I can take with me and put it in my singing if I want. Totally. And I guess... I haven't heard you sing too much, but um, I think you already do have something, <laughs> some sparks that I can that I can listen to when I listen to her, also in your voice. Yeah. So I think she's already teaching you, without knowing it. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I think that's our um, kind of like responsibility as musicians, um, and it's uh, it. It is something that you need to do when you study a music instrument. You need to listen to other musicians and uh, maybe for inspiration, but also to learn certain things. So I have done that, of course, with all kinds of uh, singers that inspire me. And honestly, two years ago, I have a hard time finding myself as a jazz musician with my voice because it is has such a variety and I have this um, aspiration of using my voice as an instrument with mm. all its facets. And I love experimenting with it, going low, going high, doing everything that you can do, copying instruments and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it is true. She is a huge inspiration. And the first thought when I heard her was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was searching for in jazz singers mm. that you dare to do all those different things use as you said opera singing use baroque singing use folk singing use 
pop belting, you name it. And she combines that and that made me feel so much more secure because I have never seen myself in any other musician like that, uh, in a way. Mm. I mean, just me personally with my voice. And I always felt like as a, how do you say, like a, an outsider with my voice. Because usually you have this distinct kind of sound with jazz singers, um, in mm. a way, in which I don't blame and uh, I don't want to judge it down. But I'm just not that. And I'm not... Uh, Billie Holiday. I don't have mm. the voice of Billie Holiday. I don't want to sing like her. Um, but yeah, funny enough, she also mentioned uh, some singers that inspired her, including Sarah Vaughan. Mm. And I love Sarah Vaughan's voice yeah. and how she, uh, her musicality as well. And next to Ella Fitzgerald, of course. But anyway, now I kept talking and talking. Yeah. This can go on for hours. No, but <laughs> I, I uh, do support the idea of using your voice as you wanted to and mm -hmm. not as some kind of exception tells you to. Yeah. Because it's your voice anyway, so there's no choice. <laughs> it's yours and if you if you can use it in a way that you wanted to want to use it, then it's a one it's the most wonderful feeling. So, it's a good aim to go there and stay there and mm. go further. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, if we go back to, to uh, Cecile, um, on her second album, which is called Woman Child, you've mentioned it before, we can find some of her own compositions. And would you like to talk about some of those? Yes. Um, well, when you asked me for the podcast, uh, to be honest, uh, there's so many things going on right now and I haven't been much too into her music uh, also because... Uh, Michael, unfortunately, my duo partner got really sick at the beginning of this year, so we had to change plans. And usually when we have concerts, I get really into studying voices and being inspired and so on. So I, I haven't listened to her albums a lot. But when I read this question, I went back to the album and um, I listened to the name giver of the album, which is Woman Child. And it has such a strength musically. And I, it's funny, I experience it almost like a rock song. Uh, that song in particular, because it has such a power. It's totally jazz music, but it has such an energy, like a rock music song. It's, it's funny. So uh, anybody out there, listen to Woman Child from that album. On top, I always listen to the lyrics to songs. And in my experience... Lyrics and music can intensify a sound of a song. And I can relate to what she talks about in that particular song so much. Um, I want to cite one part of that song. It says, Woman child, wondering when her time has come, good she will never know until she comes undone. So I'm going to repeat it. Woman child, wondering when her time has come, good she will never know until she comes undone. I mean, that's almost the headline of my past 20 years. <laughs> And so, you know, this song gives a, um, a particular energy because it, there's so much truth in that. You just stumble as a woman, but you're still a child 
when you're like 20, you think, ah, you can conquer the world, but then you're just like stumbling like a child. But in those moments when you break down and you become undone, those are the moments when you are able to see the good. Mm. And um, yeah, so, oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so basically... That's why I like that song a lot, because I can relate to it. And I think many people can do. And this is what music is for. You listen to songs that you can relate to with yeah. the lyrics and the energy of the music. And it heals you. Music is therapy in so many ways, because mm -hmm. you don't feel alone with your experiences. The following album, After Women Child, is called For One to Love. Can you tell us... Uh something about this album maybe name some songs highlight some songs and why do you like them of this album sure mm, actually there's one song from that album that stuck with me in particular that's called fog it is the first song that i heard her with two years ago when i started you know to listen to into her music and i don't know if you know that feeling but I believe you do. It made me feel like back when I was like 14 years old, copying one or two songs on one side of a cassette so I can listen to it on repeat without having to rewind it all the time. <laughs> do you know that feeling? <laughs> okay, so um, that is that song. And I have to combine it with that question earlier where you asked me, can you describe her voice? Because... Um, that song stuck with me in particular because of her voice and how it sounded. Um, and what, me, what made me like, I, I still, I think about two years ago when I first heard that song from her, I probably was doing yoga again and then I always listen to a playlist of music. And uh, sometimes it happens that when I, when I hear something, I stop doing yoga and I have to uh, like that song so it doesn't get lost because mm. it's just like, what, what is that, you know? And so it was a song like that. So I want to go back to what caught me and uh, I would like to describe her voice um, because I think that's very important for singers as well. For example, when... How would you describe Ella Fitzgerald's voice? Do you have something that what kind of feeling does it give you if? It's very comforting, round mm. and softening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and very rich. Mm -hmm. Also very colorful. But uh yeah, different colors than CC McLaurin. Definitely. So. I always say when, I mean, I truly admire her voice and she's just, yeah, and she knows it herself. Uh, it She always would describe her voice as God-given, you know, it's like a, a gift. And uh, I would always describe it like honey, warm honey going into my ears when I have headphones on and I listen to her voice. It's really, it creeps in and as you say, it, it warms and it's softening and soothing. So anyways, um, this is what voices can do. And with the song Fog, it's something different um, because Cecile, uh, she has, I would say, I would dare to say, just like Ella, she has the capacity to vocally copy instruments. Like Ella, she was on concerts and eventually after doing so much bebop music, you could hear in her sketting how she would copy instruments mm -hmm. with her voice. And yeah. I think that's amazing yeah. how to do that, that you can hear from her voice if she is doing like a trombone, a trumpet, uh, 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 I don't know, um, 
drums or whatever. It's just like, what? How does she do that? <laughs> it's amazing. So the same thing uh, happens to the song with Fog. Um, in my point of view, it's it sounds like a saxophone when Cecile sings. Mm -hmm. Do you know that warm, kind of like a little bit of raspy, airy sound sometimes people can do with a saxophone where it's like you can hear the air going through and then there's just like the soft tone And that's exactly how in the song Fog her voice sounds like. And when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> It's like amazing. How can you do this? And um, and then uh, the song goes on and it's like this creepy fog going in with that saxophone sound. And then at only at minute 245, there's this sudden twist to the music and her vocal or her, vo her voice that you would never expect. So for two minutes, 45, everything is easy breezy, just like a fog going in. And then she sounds like a singer from a musical movie out of the 40s with Fred Astaire dancing in the background. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, how can you do that? I mean, she can, you know, so that's what I love uh, about that song from that album. Um, and I needed to share that with you. Um, it's so much fun, to be honest. I'm so glad you asked me uh, to do that podcast because I really, truly enjoy thinking about how you would describe someone's voice. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun to think about that mm -hmm. and how creative you can get. Maybe she will listen to it eventually and start smiling. Aha, this is how two women in Berlin perceive my music maybe and I my voice. Do a masterclass with them. <laughs> yes, maybe you should. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all I have to say. About this album. Yeah, about yeah. this album. So do you have another one or some songs you would like to highlight and tell us why you like them? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so for example, her newest release um, is a song called D'une Feu Secret. Uh, I really don't speak French. Je ne parle pas le français. And um, the first thing that I thought of is um, I thought of the song When I Am Laid in Earth from Purcell's opera Dido and Aeneas. And um, but then It's so funny because she masters it again that it is jazz music. So it has this Baroque style packed into, as I said earlier, the jazz, if you can say it, so what guidelines in a way. And I think that's so cool. I, I just love that she does that. Because for me, I mean, that's my character in a way. Uh, I love challenging people sometimes with with like breaking the rules in a way mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's kind of funny because jazz has this uh, way of breaking a lot of rules like the classical music in the 20s and the 30s when it's like really truly contemporary jazz but for me I always get lost I, I don't get emotionally caught And it's so interesting in when Cecile sings and composes music and improvises, she does exactly what I like to do as well, is like combine improvisation 
until it's almost painful for a normal listener because it's like, what is that? That is so crazy out of there in that space. I can't really get emotionally any connection to it. And then all of a sudden it's like the switch and then it sounds, sounds like a standard song. And that, and it's just at that point where it can get painful to improvise, to listen to improvised vocals. And then there's a switch and it's just like, ah, okay, back to the music where mm -hmm. it's comfortable. <laughs> so she has that magic. And I think that's amazing. That's really amazing. And so I would like to point out that song. And then um, also in 2021, I repeatedly listened to the album Songs of Our Native Daughters from 2019 by Ryan and Giddens, Leila McCalla, Amethyst Kia and Alison Russell. You hear it's only women. And it's uh, North American Roots bluegrass banjo music. Mm -hmm. And these four black female banjo players are wrestling with themes like gender, race, slavery, sexual assault, and the domination of the male gaze on that album. I highly recommend that album because it's a combination of banjo music and, like I said, grassroots uh, sounds or um, uh, bluegrass sounds, sorry. And it's so moving. And I, the first time when I heard it, heard it, I was like shaking my head and saying, yes, yes. And uh, also almost crying because the words um, are so powerful. Anyway, why do I ex like point something out that has nothing to, to do with Cecile? Because I listened to that music, music intensely in 2021. And then in 2022, Cecile released the song Ghost Song. And I was instantly brought back to that former mentioned album because of the sound of it. So in that song, Ghost Song, which I highly recommend to you as well, in my point of view, you can hear kind of like those folkloristic backgrounds and this bluegrass sound in a way, and it's very moving. And because she talks about ghosts from a former love dancing together, so it has also, in my point of view, this um, spiritual connection to it in a way, you know? Mm. And yeah, and this again supports this whole impression of how many influences you will find in Cecile McLaurin Savant's music. It's just, it's like a never ending thing, you yeah. know, with all those and more styles. To come. And more to come, yes, because the album is not out there. This is just one. Oh, no, that's Ghost Song. But anyway, uh, the last song, uh, the first song in that question that I mentioned, that's just only one song from the next album coming out in mm. March. Oh, it's not too long anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. those were the two songs that I highly would recommend to you all to listen to yeah thank you um cecile mclaurin savant is currently active and she is among the new generation of musicians and um do you think or know any statements of her uh talking about being a woman in a jazz man's world <laughs> it's a man's world <laughs> <laughs> First thing that comes to my mind right now. Um, anyway, mm, well, since she is a contemporary jazz musician, um, 
I honestly have not heard much of it. But uh, regarding that subject, which is in a way a little bit sad because I would love for her um, to share a little bit about her view, her experiencing experience on that subject, to be honest. Mm. But I have not. But um, maybe she will have an interview in any podcast. <laughs> um, when you read into her bio, uh, she is obviously surrounded by male musicians and teachers. I mean, you mentioned Winston Marsalis earlier, and I admire the musicality of one of the pianists she collaborates intensely with, um, who I mentioned earlier before, Sullivan Fortner. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. In an interview in February 2022 for the German TV station NDR, um, there's a short report about her called The Future of Jazz. And she's introduced as having said, just the fact that I am a woman working in the male-dominated world of jazz makes me a feminist. This is how she is being introduced and this is obviously how she described herself to yeah. the interviewer of the TV station. And I don't know, how about you? When you hear that, do you hear something out of that? <laughs> Just out of that, out of that phrase? Um, I, I don't know if I hear something out of it, but I hear the sentence. Mm. So I kind of think if, if I hear that sentence that there's nothing more to add. <laughs> it's actually, it's a statement, which is pretty clear. And um, yes. Yeah. True. On top of that, together with Angelique Kidio and Liz Wright, she is part of the Sing the Truth project under the artistic direction of drummer Terry Lynn Carrington. And the musicians are dedicated to the work of dedicated women such as Odetta, Billie Holiday, Miriam Makeba and others. And with Renée Rosness, Ingrid Jensen, Melissa Aldana, Alison Miller, Noriko Ueda and Anat Cohen, she formed the septet Artemis, which also released the album of the same name in 2020. So I had to mention those two projects, which is female-dominated in the jazz music. And that gives us, hopefully, also the energy um, and the idea how important it is mm -hmm. to come together. And also because of the question how she feels in a male-dominated world, she is taking part in two projects that are focusing on female musicians. Yeah. So I think, I believe, I hope that this is also an important matter to her Yeah, through that. And not only her, because it's a collaboration. All those two projects that I mentioned is a collaboration between female musicians, instrumentalists in general in the jazz scene mm. or music scene. And yeah, that's all, unfortunately, <laughs> I can say. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much for all the information you have shared with us so far. Um, and um, yes, I really uh, enjoyed listening to all the kind of details 
you can tell about her and um, <laughs> share them with us. And um, now I'm glad we you are, ask and thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, before we, we close uh, this up, I would like to go back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because um, as I've mentioned before and as we all have recognized listening to you, um, you have a lot of projects going on too. And maybe you would like to tell us about a recent project you're doing right now or your podcast or anything you would like to announce about what you do. Mm -hmm. Well, finally, Nina, we've got to meet and we have shared so many thoughts about the music scene. And I think despite the projects that I do and my personality, I think first and foremost, I would like to do a huge shout out to all the female musicians out there, especially in the jazz scene. And I would love to send out there that we need to collaborate. I would love for us to talk more, uh, to inspire each other and to work on a change within the jazz scene because it's so important. I have met a few through my project, Her Music World, which is a platform where I want to support, or I, no, not support, but I've realized that there's always this um, explanation of why there are not enough female musicians on stage. It's because they're not out there <laughs> and they're not good enough. Yeah. And Same it's thing. usually, I'm sorry, dudes, but it's usually dudes who say that. Unfortunately, I have had also women that said the same, by the way. And it's, it, it just st struck me so much that I was like, no, I have to do something against that. And I want to make that effort. And I'm going to look for all those flinter people that are in the music industry that do something. So I'm saying music industry because it's amazing how many Flinter people out there who do great stuff, yeah. who are in the background, who are producers, who are therapists, music therapists, band management, I mean, instrumentalists. It's crazy. I mean, they're just out there. You just have to connect with them and you have to talk to them. And I have learned so much. I've only been doing this podcast since last year in June. I started and I only can uh, publish one per month because I don't have much more resources and capacity to do that. But anyways, all the conversations that I had have made me grow and learn so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even supported me saying here in this podcast to all of you, We need to come together. So, and we need to talk and share experiences. And most importantly, and you have said that yourself, Nina, is that we need to create our future. Yes. Where do we want to be as uh, Flinter people in the music industry in general? And what do we do within the jazz scene and create? How do we want to look? How, we, how do we want the future look like? And... For men, it's so normal to come together, to have associations, to help each other out, to give each other projects. And for us, it's not normal because women and Flinter people, we, were, we never really got the chance to do so. So it's not integrated in us. We have to learn that. And I see myself 
not I see myself, I did not see myself for the long time, but I realized I want to be a part of that movement. And so one of the projects I have <laughs> coming up in the future is I would love to have, um, I named it the um, Berlin Jazz Flitter Collective. Oh, yes. And um, I would love to create and start with in Berlin because we have so many people here from all over the world. And I would love to create that uh, collective to first and foremost come together and talk exactly about what I've said earlier yeah. and create it together without any expectations. And from that birth projects, work and whatever there is possible and to also include eventually to first create a safer space for Flinter people in music and in, jazz, in the jazz scene. And then with that power, with that knowledge, I would love to integrate also male uh, people into that and go into conversation and, um, yeah, exchange thoughts. So those are the main projects. It's the platform, her music world that I have, this vision, and then I need to make money, so... I'm also a city tour guide <laughs> and I have a duo with my friend Michel yeah. who's a man and a pianist but he's fantastic so that's what I do yes thank you very very much I totally agree on your on your last uh, visions and and uh, uh, wanting to create a different future for for Flinter in the music industry and I'm totally in for uh, for uh, conversations and and projects regarding this topic so thank you very very much for being here in this podcast and i'm very happy that we finally got to know each other and actually before we uh started to put the record <laughs> button we have talked i think one and a half hours and could even uh, continue this talk more and more so i'm very happy um that we can can uh share and um experience and go forward together Nina, thank you very much. Thank you so much from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Um, I can only, it's, uh, how do you say, reciprocative? No, I can't pronounce that word, but likewise, likewise, I feel the same. I'm so glad we've had the chance to finally meet and talk. Thank yes. you so much. <laughs> As with all productions, this podcast could only be realized because of a team. In this case, a wonderful group of female distributors and supporters. Thank you all for encouragement, help and advice. Special thanks go out to Anne Borchers for playing the bass, Andrea Ramirez Ruiz for the visuals, Zoe Langdell for mother tongue support and Francois Perdriou for mixing and mastering. This podcast is part of the Swinging Europe Network and co-funded by the European Union. Thank you for listening. If you have any kind of feedback you want to share, be it a suggestion for another female musician to be represented here, something you feel that is missing, you want to discuss, whatever it is, feel free to reach out to me via email to nina at syncopation.de And remember, every day is Women's Day. Yes, babes. Bye-bye and Tschüssikowski.